0: Yo, what up, what up, what up, this is the Lazy Philosophers Podcast and we are back in the building. So guys, I am excited about this podcast. I have been waiting a year and a half to make this podcast episode because um, it it, it happened a year and a half ago and this one is close to my heart um, as because it has to do with heartbreak. (laughs) And um, the content of this episode is you know, I'm finally, I think, I, I came out with the episode like a year ago, I think almost this exact time. And I was very not over my breakup and when I made it. But I said, um, yeah, you know, I think I'm over it. Um, but now, almost a year later, a year later since I came out with that episode, I am actually really over it. <laughs> And I want to share with you guys, and this might be a little bit longer episode than I usually have, but I think there's going to be a lot of merit in it for you guys because there were a couple of things I could have done differently to kind of expedite this process. One, and, um, it's no coincidence that this comes on the heels of me posting an episode, um, kind of stumbling through my precepts about, um, a priori narrative um, building, and what I mean by that is, so in the realization, in in, in kind of putting a, a a term to summarize what a priori narrative building is, it it really helped me deal with the I guess the last part. Of me getting over this relationship now I got broken up with last no not last November November before that it's been a really long time and honestly I was like why the fuck do I still care. Um, <laughs> and yeah you know it was meaningful she was a, a fantastic person but to me it just even when I was in France for for some amount of time I was just like still really. Um, conspiratorial in wanting to get her back. I was like, man, like, you know, like eventually we'll realize, you know, and I think part of it was due to extreme boredom and loneliness. I mean, I'm in a foreign country um, in the province of France. I'm in there is not there. There are English speakers and they're, they're um, proficient, but not conversational. Like you can hire people places, but like and they can talk with you in pleasantries but you can't have a full-on relationship and my french is terrible and you know everyone's like oh if you want to work on a foreign language you know just get a, a french girlfriend um not just any foreign language if you want to work in french but the problem was at the time not so much anymore i'm my french has gotten significantly better it's still i still sound like a um special needs kid <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it, like one that you can have a conversation with, rather than one that is going to be completely clueless. And um, but yeah, so I was very lonely, and um, I came here, and so like I just had no validation, and so it kind of I guess made me have a nostalgia. This might be a longer episode than I usually post, so um, yeah. But this is going to be one that I'm excited about posting. But yeah, so broke up last November. There was a writing on the wall. We had, we had a break right before that. And, um, you know, it just wasn't going to work. Um, and there were a few key things. I lived in New York. She lived in Chicago. We were really good friends whenever we uh, we lived in Chicago. Um, and she would fly out regular, regularly to see me. But, you know, long distance is tough, guys. And um, she had the breakthrough in therapy where she realized she didn't want to move to New York. Um, and I honestly think there's no point in being in a long distance relationship unless somebody's going to move. Cause then you're just drawing things out, limiting options. And, but that's not what I thought at the time though. Um, I totally was ready to just be in the periphery and, um, because I, I, I think she might've been the only person in my life, you know, to sound all uh cliche but like i i really loved her and so i was kind of ready for and actually this is not going to be as smooth as my other ones because i'm I'm actually working this out on um on this recording with you so the a priori narrative building of this was i had a crush on her for years and then we started dating and we had um just kind of a like realizing that we really loved each other. And um, that, to me, was fulfilling and something that she wasn't even privy to, but an archetypal kind of rom-com-esque best friends turn lovers relationship. Um, and I really wanted that narrative. Uh, you know, I don't know if any of you guys have seen the movie Don John with uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, but um, part of the movie, the movie says that women watch romantic comedies in the same way men watch porn. And here's the thing is, I'm addicted to both. <laughs> I love both rom-coms and uh, pornography. And it's funny because like, I look back at a lot of my uh, Quora posts that really blew up. And at the time, I wasn't watching porn. I had a porn blocker on my computer or phone. Now, I... I I consume more porn than I ever have. Um, but I'm more efficient and get more done than I've ever gotten done. So, and I'm happier. So I think that, and honestly, I'm better in bed than I ever was. So there, there there's there's all these things. Um, I'll get into the truth about no fap in another one. But so I, I had an extraordinary amount of care and real emotion for her. But that was layered in kind of a, the, a lens, right? A lens of I am going to have this storybook relationship play out. And that to me, even though, you know, it's, it's hard to have that kind of social awareness in the moment. To me, it was just like I am insanely... I have insane feelings for this person. I I lay awake at night worrying about this person, um, and I can't imagine a life not with this person in it. That was that was kind of it. And um, th- here's the thing: is is like a lot of this was a priori narrative building. Um, it wasn't really dealing with at the at first. I kind of was dealing with things as they were, but. Um, because I was dating, I was dating other people. And I was dating other people throughout the entire relationship as well. So it wasn't one of those things like where there's a term of art in um, the dating sphere called uh, (laughs) oneitis. And um, it's where you're obsessed with one person. And I was definitely undoubtedly obsessed. And um, like, like to a scary point. Um, Not like I, I did anything like weird or anything or like atypical but like just in terms of the consumption of thoughts and i think part of the reason i wasn't coming out with that much content yes i was writing a book and everything like that but like was just the level of fixation and kind of made it hard to do anything else um unless it was like a really big effort where other people were counting on me because i have a very I have a very big part of my spirit. A, a book that you guys should check out is Gretchen Rubin's book on habits. She wrote The Happiness Project. I don't remember the name of the book, but I rem- there's a concept in it. There, there's a weird thing that happens where um, sometimes you'll read a book in the moment and be very disappointed. And then as time goes on, you'll realize, actually, that was a really good book. And I didn't give it enough credit because I keep using cultural models. I keep using the models from that book in real life. just kind of in the background of my mind, but there's one thing where she says there's a certain type of individual called the obligor, who if they're obligated to do something, they will do that. They will not show up. They will always show up for somebody. That is their big form of um, basically being disciplined. And I am... I am a large part one of those people. If you ask me to do something, not I won't show up to a class that I've signed up for or something like that. Like I, I, I genuinely don't believe classes help me, or but I will show if you if I tell you, hey dude, I'm gonna be there at three p.m. I'm I might be there at three o five, but motherfucker, I'm there. Um, and the I where am I getting with the Obligore? Completely went off on a tangent, but um yeah but it took up a lot of my thoughts and so like and the things that i did get done last year all of those things were where other people were counting on me right um i pitched a show to comedy central for sirius xm uh my friend karen was counting on me um i i uh wrote this book i co-authored it with my friend brendan my friend brendan was counting on me i shot this digital product other people counting on me for that james was counting on me so there was um, me passing the bar. I really want to make my parents proud. So that was, that. there was other people counting on me, right? But when it came down to doing things for myself, which is like this podcast, writing on Quora, um, doing social media um, more, I, I didn't do those things because I, even the Bill Burr thing, it was like my, I, I ran a show that Bill Burr did. And so the club was counting on me. But everything else, anything where someone wasn't counting on me, I just, I didn't do. And it was just because I was so enraptured with this person. And um, so when um, when she broke up with me, I was both blindsided and not blindsided. Does that make sense? We had just made up. She insisted that she wanted to be with me because I already thought we were broke up. And then, bam, you know she was you know she was like i can't wait to come see you all this other stuff um then a a couple weeks later after i we we had spent some time together in in chicago she was like hey look like i want to see you for my birthday but and i'll I'll fly you out but i don't want to be with you anymore um i loved every part of our relationship it's just it's not what i want um and we're actually not as compatible as you might think we are and um you know, and it had to do with personality conflicts and stuff like that, like, but it also, distance kind of, It one of the things I think was that made it hard was our last time together was a lot of fun. And she hit me up and said that she wanted to be broken up like two weeks later. And then there's kind of like an object impermanence in relationships sometimes, especially when it's long distance. And so when... I when I got the text I kind of a little bit saw it coming because she, she she was like really affectionate when I was there and then all of a sudden it was like really eerily quiet and um and then I just didn't talk to her man I just I, like I got the text and she was like I really want to talk about this blah 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 but I was livid I was so upset um, I, what I did was I immediately I got the text message put down my phone ran a couple miles to my gym did deadlifts until I almost like fainted um, then ran back um, was so angry um, and hurt and embarrassed but the anger was to mask the hurt it's sometimes you you become angry because the hurt is so deep that you're like man dude I don't even want to face this straight up. I'd much rather just fucking be mad and demonize this person. And what, you know, and so I was like, okay, you know, she's going to realize that she, she messed up, (laughs) you know? And, And what was kind of sucked about it is I had written like a love diary. Like every day I'd write a different thing that I loved about her. I was going to give it to her on her birthday. And so I had like, I had like 30 entries or whatever. And um, I was like, okay, I'm just going to send that to her and then be done. That's the last she's ever going to hear from me and blah, blah, blah. But really, in reality, there's part of me that wanted her to be like, oh, he cared so much and um, blah, blah, blah. And I came to find out that she was actually uh, dating somebody else, which was fine. I mean, we had an open relationship. I was dating other people, but it was like um, when I had asked her about it, she said she wasn't. And I think she wanted just she didn't want to open that can of worms. Um. Because the guy that she was dating is somebody I don't, we, me and him, don't like each other. And um, and so, yeah, and so like I, it, there was, and I, the weird thing is, and this is the hardest part about breakups, is that so often you know the right thing to say. So a person like me, I have uh, 74,000 followers on Quora because I know the right thing to say you know i'm very good at saying the right thing i have a bunch of higher status friends call me for advice on personal issues because i know the right thing to say but that's kind of disastrous not disastrous but it actually holds you back whenever you're going through something painful that doesn't make sense because you try to shortcut the stages of grief by by knowing the right things to say to coach to to sound like you're okay and um so I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, blah blah blah, and I, and I thought I was moving on, but like, and I was so mad, I was like channeling all of this energy into the gym, and I was like, I, I hit a lot of PRs. I was, I was, I was strong last year because I felt like if I got strong enough, um, it would be different you know, um, and if I, and I was, I, I used my hatred. I, because I, the thing was, I didn't hate her as a person. If anything had happened to her, I would have been mortified. I I literally laid up at night worried that something was going to happen to her and I wasn't talking to her and that I would feel like a piece of shit. But, um, I was too mad to give into that feeling or too hurt. And I use anger and hate to make that feeling useful because hurt being hurt's not useful. Being hurt is being hurt is being hurt. You know, being angry, ang- anger is one of the most powerful emotions. Um it's, it's deadlifting like three times my body weight. And um I uh, was signing up for powerlifting meets and I was doing all these mantras um to really kind of catalyze that strength. And and so, uh, hold on. Um, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> and I bleached my hair, all this stuff, man. And, um, and I really wanted her back. It didn't feel real. It didn't, it didn't feel real for me that we would be broken up. And I was waiting and she, you know, she reached out a lot and not a lot, but she reached out as much as she could, while, while still being respectful of the fact that I'm hurt, and I just didn't respond to any of it, and um, and over time, I, I dated, I dated, I, I tried to like, what was weird was I tried to like fuck my way out of it, you know, but the thing was I was already having sex with people while we were dating so it wasn't like oh like now i'm free or anything like that and i would get really sad um if i'm being honest um I, like i'd have sex with somebody and just be kind of hurt that they weren't her or just sad that she might she was doing this with somebody else and um yeah so i was like man hey and um and that so I did, I just chose not to date people for like unless a girl showed up on my street, which happened a few times um, because I lived in a party district. For those of you wanting to do game and get successful with women, my biggest piece of advice is just live next to like the party places in your city. I lived in the Lower East Side. For those of you who've been to New York, it's like one of the biggest party areas in New York. And so I just had girls being like, hey, um, me and my friends are down the street, you know, um, can I come over I'm like sure and um but even then like I'd hook up with them and then like make up some excuse for them to just like leave because I just didn't feel like being around anybody and um over time you know and I was like trying to work on myself and I, I for those of you guys who know I have this digital product came out and it did really well last month it's gonna do even better in the upcoming months and stuff and so like I'm like I've set up this like online business all this other stuff and I was like But the numbers and figures at first, like I didn't, when, when the initial deals were being discussed, I was going to make a life changing amount of money off of it, like where I wouldn't maybe have to work ever again. And that still might happen, but it just didn't happen in the way that the deal, the deal ended up executing. There were, there were things and properties about it that changed. Um, And so I'm probably going to make more money distributed over a longer period of time, but that i'm not making a life-changing amount of money in a single instant so i thought i was gonna make like like i'm gonna be honest with you i thought I was gonna make like over a million dollars or like a few million dollars in um at some point of last year and um and so i was like oh once i'm making this life-changing amount of money then it'll change everything and so i kept um kind of reserving um like, you know, like, oh, once she realizes that I'm I'm doing so well and blah, 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 and I have the show in serious and all these other things, then she'll want me again. Because the thing was, I had kind of, wow, I kind of had like, when one of the things, and I guess this is a piece of constructive advice that you guys can take from this. I mean, this has been honestly really self-aggrandizing and indulgent, but I appreciate anybody who's still listening here because... Um, when you get to the point of a breakup, and and you 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 think you're deficient, you're just like I'm not enough. And part of it is you weren't enough. Like they might say, you know, um, you were too good for them or whatever, but that's actually not the fucking truth. People, you know, um, what what's really the truth is they think they can do better than you in some form or way. I have a bunch of funny jokes where I was like, um, breaking up with somebody is like watching a movie and then midway through standing up and being like I don't need to see how this ends. <laughs> but um <laughs> um <clears throat> um but yeah like so I was trying to fix that cuz I thought the val- it was a value problem like intrinsic with me. And um which yeah like part of it like if I was like a multi multi millionaire and I was Had was just a cooler version of myself. Would the relationship have broken up at that point? Probably not, but we definitely would have broken up because this is what I'm getting to. We weren't that compatible. Um, and there was a lot of things if I wasn't so like mired in a like, um, like in the a priori narrative, um, narrative that I would have been a lot more upset with. There was just like a lot of things that bothered me that I didn't bring up because I was trying to secure a lifetime with this person um and so it made me number one compromise myself in some sense but also it just made me like just not look at the relationship through authentic eyes there was just like a lot of things I should have just realized and been kind of more discriminate. like I would have discriminated upon any other person I was dating very intensely for some of the things that she did but I didn't because I was just like wrapped up in the feeling and then um then i found out she was like gonna travel the world uh with this guy and (laughs) probably travel to my home country and all this other stuff and that was that was tough man um because i was just like what and um it was um at that point i was like man um i was like oh it's like really over like, it's like finished, but that even, I'm going to be honest with you, that didn't even, I was like, oh, she's going to be on the trip and realize that um, she want, she wants me. And there, there was an element of delusion, you know, like a really strong delusional element. And I think this is something you have to watch out for post-breakup, is you, you kind of delusionally think that, like, this person is going to have a reckoning. And they're gonna believe that you're good, you're good for them. And then they're gonna to wanna to be back with you. <clears throat> but never forget this, guys. Never forget this. The person that broke up with you sat down and made the mathematical decision that you aren't good enough. Um, they waited out, talked to everybody close in their lives, and came to a consensus that you are not enough. That they can do better than you, and that their life would actually be a net positive without you. And honestly, if I'm being real with her, uh, being real with you about her, sure, her life has gone better without me. <laughs> um, and that's not to say that I was the culprit behind it, but like, her life has gone better without me. She made a human. In terms of the math, the math checks out. She is in a better place now. From what I can glean, than she was when we were dating, and it's not because of anything of me. She just had a bunch of character failings that I probably enabled, um, and that was that. And so, but like, never forget that that they, you know, why want somebody who came to the mathematical decision that their life would be better without you, or whose life would actually be better without you? You know, um, and and put it put it frank. This is an an attack on me. All right. Um. You can have a lamborghini but if that lamborghini if you have a lamborghini and you have a ranch in like west texas and you can't get around your property it's always breaking down and all this other stuff then honestly the your life would be better without the lamborghini and i'm a lamborghini motherfucking dude you know what i'm saying and so yeah like it just didn't fit um and that was one of the things that i think is really important it's like if someone fucking comes to the mathematical decision that you're not good enough not even out of like anger or or malice which was the hard part because i was so angry and so upset that um i i did it i i i tried to um it was so I, I was saying the right things, but coming from the wrong place. Where right? I was like, "Oh, blah blah blah, never date her again, or whatever, blah blah blah." What? And here's the thing: is like, she's fine. Um, it was more so. I, um, I didn't mean it from the right place, and what I meant to say, if I could go back and say it right now, is like, look. If anybody chooses to be incompatible with me, because choosing to be compatible or not, that's kind of a choice. And I'm actually a pliant person. And if any if anybody chooses not me, that's a irreparable incompatibility. And I don't care if they come back to realize it later in the future. I don't care if they come back to realize it, you know in their marriage i don't care if they realize it because i'm really successful i don't care if they realize it because we shared some really amazing moments that won't be replicated again that's a permanent incompatibility with me and um but i didn't have the self-respect at that point yeah if if she had came back and said the right things um yeah i would have been i would have been there i'd been like you know, upset a little bit and blah, 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 but I've been there. And, um, and because I wanted that narrative and I was willing to sell myself for pennies on the dollar, pennies on the dollar for what I could get. Cause I dated some really amazing girls while we're, while we've been broken up. Um, you know, girls who've gone to Harvard, Yale, Stanford and stuff, girls who are like just extraordinary and driven and inspiring and beautiful and I gave those girls half a shot. Didn't invest. Kind of was shitty. There's one girl that I dated. That um, it was like honestly, she's really wonderful. And on and and I I just basically turned her into a friend because I was just like, yep. I can't date anybody right now, and so it 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 was I would have been just giving up so many really amazing people to get somebody who. Chose not to be in my life, and well, um, and like let me let me speak authentically. She kind of wanted a friendship with me or whatever, but I think more so than anything, I just think she just didn't want to feel guilty. And um, we corresponded for the first time in August. I'd sent her a text message. I was drunk with my friend Alex Park, who, if you don't know who my friend Alex Park is, um, my friend Alex Park is a goddamn genius. Um, He went to the London School of Economics and Oxford at the same time, dual masters. Dude is a savant, one of my closest non-local friends. Then he came to visit me in New York, also looks like a model. He's like a, incels would call him a Chang, uh, an Asian Chad. And, um, yeah, he, uh. I, we, we got drunk and I decided, I was like, man, I really want to like, just like reach out. So I reached out to Sharon and I just like told her like, Hey, look, like you, I want you to have a happy life basically. That's it. I just, I wrote, I want you to have a happy life and I wish the best. And then she wrote me a, you know, a series of messages thinking the door was back open, but I was just still in a place where I wanted her. And, um, and she had told me a lot of stuff that she'd been thinking about me a lot and everything like that. Like, a lot of stuff that I really wanted to hear, but it was just short of um, what I really wanted to hear, which is like, look, it's been a mistake, and I want to be with you. And even at that point, I still wanted to hear that. And, um, and um, yeah, and so <clears throat> then um, then what I wish... I, um, what I wish I could have done and which I wish I could have done sooner. Um, and this is probably going to be the actual constructive advice portion. And I didn't mean to give so much context, I guess, but this was like really therapeutic, I guess, cause partially I'm not trying, there's, there's no angling to get her back, (laughs) um, at this point. And that's taken a long time. I mean, if even, even a month before this, I would be, I was, I was still in a sense plotting and scheming and, um, but enough has changed. And I think I've gotten enough context. Here's the thing is a breakup is going to take however long it is going to take for you to get over that person. But as I've said so many times before, your feelings aren't evidence of destiny, right? I felt at so many times, like the only thing that I want to make this feel better is her. And really, uh, did I really want her specifically in my bed at that point? Kinda, but like, what I really wanted was the validation deficit that she left. Right, my massive ego couldn't take that somebody who had seen me so intimately. This wasn't just sex; it was just like she. I think the thing that was like the most painful about is like, dude, she, you know, there. There's a trope where it's like, if she only knew the real me she would love me but when you have a a kind of a soulmate s connection like that like that we had and we've had some words her words not mine is like she knew the real me she she and and in our correspondence since then even though it's been very sporadic or whatever she she wrote me a very beautiful thing and she knew the intimate parts of my character and the beauty of my character and the beauty of me um in a way in which that i don't i don't think anybody else really knows and um and she still just didn't want it <laughs> and um and that's hard to take it's hard to take that somebody could believe that you're going to be massively successful see you in the most charitable light and still not want to be with you and you begin thinking it's all these things you can't change right i was like oh is it because i'm indian and black you know I'm not like these skater looking dudes that she's usually with is it because you know I'm five nine and I'm not like tall you know I it, it, and I, I focused on all these immutable things hold on <clears throat> I try to self-develop my way out of it um and <clears throat> and what end of, sorry my throat okay, let me drink some water and we're back and one of the things that you can't you you can self-development your way to feeling different but the pain is deep and it's it's not something that's going to be easily solved with just like becoming more muscular or whatever like that because the pain the wound is is deeper than actually the exterior um and I, i i it only started really getting better for me when I stopped trying to take full responsibility for the breakup. And this is going to sound weird because a lot of people, I think if you tend to not take responsibility in life for your things, if that's not your reflex, then you should take responsibility for the breakup, you know, until, but if you, if you tend to be like, I am responsible for the things that happen in my life and how do I take more responsibility? How do I change the the things in my life? How do, how do I ubermatch this? Then, um, then it is way more the way to handle that is um to actually not take responsibility. That was a huge innovation. And if I had done this sooner, I think I would have progressed faster through the cycle of emotions. Mm-hmm. If I had just been like, "Look, we lived in different fucking cities. That's already a huge fucking problem. This person did she she didn't want us to do stand-up anymore. That was a huge world that I was in. Um, we had, like, political, ideological differences that sometimes made, when we hung out, strenuous. That's another thing. And um, and then most of all, like, dude, you know, she might have a fucking cultural whatever idea of who her forever person is. And even though I have, like, a lot of those characteristics, I'm probably less of those characteristics And than she wants. And there was, like, nothing I could do about her, self develop my way out of it. And um, if I could just be like, yeah, that's her shit. You know, she didn't want to move. She didn't want to be do stand-up. She wanted different things in life. She had those, those None of those are me. Um, but the problem was I was like, oh, if I was more swole, if I, you know, I know some of you guys have noticed that my voice is like a lot different. I worked on my voice. I worked on, ev- I'm going to tell you, I worked on everything because I, my insecurities, it it shook me at my core right and and it was um and i couldn't i was like i need to be able to control this i need to be able to control this i need to be able to to change the properties around me enough to make this happen for me again you know and make her realize that this was a mistake and there was a very needy behavior because I and it wasn't even for her. This is the dark part. This is the dark part. It wasn't even for her. It wasn't out of love at this point. It was out of ego and um, and not wanting to feel rejected in that way and feeling like I could right or wrong. And um, if I had just been like, "Look, that's her shit. She wanted to travel the world. She had this whatever. That where am I part of this? When last time we're together." she wanted to be with me then i leave she realizes she doesn't where am where where am i responsible for this cuz i want to live in new york and she would never want me to move back to chicago the relationship just ran its course and if i was a better person could it have lasted yeah but choosing to be incompatible with somebody is a choice and um um not choosing being compatible, but there are they choosing not to be with somebody makes you not compatible. And she, it was a choice, and um, and so if I if I just accepted that that was her stuff, not me, I've been on my hero's journey from the beginning, and um, I think I would have cycled through my emotions a lot faster. I think it would have taken me a long time because. I'm a sensitive person and um and the thing is is that what was weird also is, is like hooked up with a lot of people and so part of everyone thinks like a, a guy who's hooked up with a lot of people is going to be able to get over relationships faster but it's actually the opposite so if you've only had sex with like three people and you break you get broken up with if you have sex with just one more person that's a fourth of your sexual experiences right like you know what i'm saying and so but when that number gets longer I'm, this person is a rarer individual. You know how actually rare kind of the connection you had was. Um, and, um, <clears throat> and, uh, so if I had just, tr- just accepted that, accepted this other thing too, of somebody not choosing me makes them not for me. If I, if I'm going to tell you, if there's one thing, and and I, I don't mean this for superficial things, like, dude, there are girls who have, like, turned me down a bunch of times, but I, like, just stay in their DMs or whatever, and we've hooked up, and, like, now they really like me, but, um, if somebody you're, like, in a relationship with chooses not you, just choose, just comes to the decision, you're not good enough, um, yeah, dude, just, that's, that's it, you know, um. And like, here's the thing: is like, there's like a bunch of shit. Like, let me make this clear. I'm not, the other thing is you're not a fucking victim. I like wanted to believe I'd been victimized by her, dude. She, like, let me say this: she's like one of the most pleasant, sweet pe- people I fucking have ever fucking known, right? And I, there, were, there was something I did that led to our break, and there was also a bunch of other stuff that I did that I think just made the relationship like hard like um i was trying to make us a thruple with another uh great person i was dating and um and that just added a, a another level of complexity and it just there, there was just like a lot of shit that I, I did my own immaturities things that i would say things that i would do um and um and i took to heart honestly every problem that she like labeled with me during the relationship like learn how to shut the fuck up more (laughs) um you know and and um yeah and you got to realize this is that life is not a movie you're not gonna get the moment i what i wanted was the moment i wanted so badly for her to just say it was a mistake that's what i wanted I wanted so badly because then my ego didn't have to sit with the fact that I wasn't enough. And here's the thing: is you can be too much and not enough at the same time. And that's I think, if you're on your hero's journey, this doesn't apply to the person who their girlfriend broke up with them because they got fat and they weren't pursuing their dreams. But like, dude, I was actively pursuing my dreams. I was working out. I I, I, w- I was on my my path to 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 being. Uh, nietzsche super much, right and um and more so now than ever i am 10x better than i was during the relationship i look better i'm hotter um i'm more subst- substantive i've done more um i'm more grounded um she made me a better listener um uh, way less of a misogynist <laughs> Um, I didn't even realize I was one until we dated. and she pointed out some just glaring weaknesses. She gave me books to read. She changed a lot of me, a lot of me at my core and and for that, I'm eternally grateful. But um, yeah, I, it, it, you're not gonna get the moment, you know, and even if you do get the moment, it won't feel like it's how it's supposed to feel. I remember I dated um, a girl in high school, my first girlfriend, and she I go, went off to college and my that girlfriend through high school always kind of treated me bad because i I was like a person who you should treat bad in high school i was not a cool dude and and um i then when i went to college she really wanted me and i, I, I the the relationship had lost the, the meaning it had for for me um when i was in college and um and we, we had a moment where, you know, she was crying about, like, why, why, you know, why don't I like her or whatever or, like, you know, all this other stuff. And, yeah, that wasn't great. That didn't feel great. Wasn't, you know, this, and this was a person who who kind of was way more malicious with my feelings than, than Shira ever had been. And, um. And, um. When I, and yeah, I didn't enjoy hearing that. And and now she's, it, it, the funny thing is, now she is um, engaged, um, love her boyfriend, met her boyfriend. My dad's going to walk her down the aisle. It's funny how life works. If you ever had told me that my dad was going to walk my high school girlfriend down the aisle while I was dating her, but it wasn't going to be to me, I'd have been like, this mother, what? <laughs> Traitor. Um, but it's funny how life works out. But um, when I yeah, and so when I um yeah, you're not gonna get that moment because m- motherfucker, you don't even need it. Like, um, and it, the problem is, and I'm gonna say this too, is a lot of people are like, oh, when you date somebody else. But the problem is, is if you don't solve that pain of needing that last bit of validation from the relationship um needing that it corrupts all your other relationships and and that's why i didn't publicly date anybody afterwards because i knew part of the reason why i was even trying would be to evoke that feeling and um and so i was just like man i don't want to do this to somebody where i'm i'm still not in love with somebody else um but i need validation from somebody else Right. That they wouldn't be my source of validation. Their validation would be second tier to this other person's validation. And the only reason like her validation meant anything at that point is because I wanted to correct a narrative. And there's no amount of Actually, I don't know if that's true, man. This is this is a long podcast, but I, I hope you guys are still listening because. Um, there you need to receive the right type of validation. To heal certain types of wounds and in my relationship with this person she healed a lot of my wounds real talk even as much as the pain there was there was a lot of like healing just in my soul just my soul got healed um and if you try um but if you but there was she did leave a wound and I think in breakups, the responsibility of mending that wound lays on you as an individual, and no one else can really heal it. Um, not even them t- taking you back, which would seem like the obvious answer, but the antidote to your last wound isn't the antidote to your new wound, especially when you're, it's like the side effects. You can't use the medication you were taking to solve the side effects of the medication that you were taking. Um. And um. And so I I knew intuitively that I just needed to sort this out. I needed to get to the place that I'm at right now. Um. To feel. What I feel right now, which is kind of freedom. Um, would validation from her be nice if she if she hit me up? It was like, well, I'm miserable without you. Blah blah blah. All this other stuff. I, I still think about you all the time. Which, honestly, I still think she does think about me all the time. Um, because I'm fucking dope, nigga. And also, like... I'm, a, I'm an easy person to think about a lot. You know? But I don't think that, that that's ever going to happen. And I'm glad it kind of won't. Because it wouldn't be reciprocated. Um, I don't need anything. I don't need the validation from that relationship anymore. Which is why I'm not speaking about this cryptically anymore. Um, I'm pretty much... I'm there, I'm over it. Um, and it happened when I stopped needing the last bit of validation. And it happened from working on myself. It happened from me not casting myself as a victim. When it, when you cast yourself as a victim, you, you end up feeling weak. Victim is a precept. Victimization is a precept. You can be the most high status, most entitled, privileged person in the world and still think you're a victim. We see it all the time with like... Um, hyper wealthy people donald trump etc donald trump always sees himself as the victim and that puts you in a very low place with a lo- access to a lot of bad emotions i'm not a victim in this i had a, i had a, i had the best day of my life with this person it was the best birthday of my life i fucking loved her to death and she loved me for some of it and um and it was just fun man and um and i had the experience of like dating my crush and her telling me that she loved me and sitting under the stars in a house in the hamptons um james altucher had rented out this uh this huge uh, 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 mansion in the hamptons and uh, she and i went out there and there were just like a lot of really fun moments that i cherish um truly cherish and realize that those are rare and i the reason i was mad i was like man this roller coaster fucking ends um but like dude there's like not pain here anymore man um i'm not friends with her right now um still i mean we're not we don't hate each other i sent her a voice memo um kind of like summarizing why i was so upset which also needed to happen i needed enough time to then be honest with her like hey look like i was upset because of these things And the way it was done and that getting hurt, hurt. I mean, I still don't know how she feels about that. She's reached out since then, but we haven't talked about that. Um, And nor do I really give a shit (laughs) if I'm being honest. Um, I just needed to say those things. And yeah, I think the moment you're over somebody is when they can't give you something. There's nothing for them to give you. There, there's nothing she can't fix my narrative she tells me any of this stuff that's not gonna really impact my emotions one way or another i mean it probably impact my emotions some but it just definitely won't kind of change my precepts on what i want for life um and i think now a year and a half later um which is a long ass time i, I would have it's kind of crazy that i would have thought like oh you know I, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed that it took so long but sometimes you, you got to learn a lot you know, I just got a snap memory wouldn't it be funny if it was like um let, let me check this snapchat open yes um uh, I don't do I don't know how to use snapchat I thought it wouldn't it be funny if it was just like um um Teams now, oh, that's not, um, yeah, I don't know how to check the memory. Well, if it was supposed to be some cool shit like that, it, um, definitely, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how to check snap memories. I thought it was going to be like a picture of us together. I was like, that would have been so cool, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so, you know, it's kind of like that Dr. Seuss thing. Don't don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. I mean, it happened, dude, and it was great, and I had a lot of fun, and she had a lot of fun for some of it. And um, honestly, yeah, we were never meant to be together. Uh, I think a marriage between us two would have been absolutely fucking awful. And part of it was I just wanted to have a kid with her so she'd be in my life forever. And it's kind of funny because I'm not, I'm the one kind of like, not having her be in my life, kind of out of some petty ego stuff. And even though I feel like this right now, I don't really see the point in us talking. Um, Yeah, there are people who are great in your life for a certain reason and stuff like that. But at the same time, you don't need to have them in your life in the future. Um, I think my life is better with her out of it. And I think her life is better with me out of it. And um, that's not to say I was a bad person to her um, or that she's a bad person to me. Um, It's just how it worked. And, um, yeah, man. So I hope some of you got some of that out. I, I'm going to tell you guys, this was therapeutic as fuck. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And it, it is interesting. Um, if you want to listen to us talk about relationships, my, um, episode on relationships was before we ever started dating. Um, yeah, you can scroll down. I think it's like episode 42. Um, but, um, yeah. And it, it's just cool to see how life kind of turned out but anyway guys this has been a long episode been a really amazing episode um and it's funny i tried to record this episode literally two weeks ago two three weeks ago and couldn't actually i had a dream about recording this episode holy shit that didn't even happen i tried to record this episode in my dream and i couldn't and now i could and i'm happy and i'm in france and i kind of just feel free and liberated for the first fucking time in about like i'm gonna be honest like three years (laughs) um but yeah man anyway guys like follow share subscribe um yeah and um godspeed and good night